0: Thank you for coming to the podcast. Episode 53 of Top Turtle MMA Podcast is brought to you by Sisu Mouthguard. Sisu makes the best mouthguard on planet Earth, the best mouthguard ever invented. Head on over to sisuguard.com, get yourself the right mouthguard for your sport or activity But, asterisk, side note, I would like to point out that Sisu makes a hell of a mouth guard for high-impact sports or activities like, I don't know, mixed martial arts or Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So if you're one of those people who does MMA, those people, quote-unquote, head on over to sisuguard.com. Get yourself the Max
1: Guard. And they've got that next gen max guard too, so they are always making improvements, always looking out for your chompers. So head on over to sisuguard.com and get yourself that mouth guard.
0: You know, it's funny, Gumby, I've recommended Sisu mouth guards to so many people. And when people come up to me and say, hey, thanks so much for the recommendation on the Sisu mouth guard, I say, we're not here to take part, we're here to take over. Are rolling. I am David Tremonti. He is Daniel Gumby Vreeland, the co editor of MMA Manifesto.com. Our Mothership. We, of course, are available there. Also, tune in Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, wherever a podcast is being streamed. And you can always follow the show at Top Turtle MMA on Twitter. Gumby, one of the things I love about our show is that we don't waste our listeners' time. We don't do overly sarcastic, insidery MMA jokes to try to prove our MMA knowledge. We're just two guys in a barbershop talking fights, only we're not in a barbershop. But you get my metaphorical reference, I, right? I get
1: the metaphorical reference. Absolutely. You
0: ever see Coming to America?
1: I have seen Coming to America. Old school Eddie Murphy show. That might have come out before I was born, just so you know. It probably did.
0: (laughs) And now I feel old. All right. So here we go. Let's kick right into the fight news. Um, I think the most important thing to come out in the past day or so is that UFC 209 finally has a main event. You know, UFC matchmaking was really taking a lot of licks online because there wasn't any main event. Uh, or title fight we could really sink our teeth into. In fact, this is the first champion, Tyron Woodley, to have a fight booked because, obviously, UFC 208 in Brooklyn, that's not a current champion. That's for a newly created title for a newly created division, which, let's face it, was really made for Cyborg. She's about to get popped for steroids. So that's another nightmare for another day. But now we finally have a title shot that we could get excited about Gumby. Woodley versus Wonderboy 2. Your thoughts.
1: I'm excited. It's the right fight to make, too. You don't get a draw in the title fight and and then walk away and be like, we're not going to run that back. you got to run it back. There's no uh, other option. You know, I I mean, I guess you could have given it to Demian Maia, but all the talk about Woodley going somewhere else, I'm just glad that's over. He's not a huge pay-per-view draw. Nobody's yelling that they want a super fight with him and Bisping. I mean, all that's going to do is delay the inevitable. Bisping's going to get his ass kicked by Yoel Romero. (laughs) And and there's a fair chance... That Woodley loses his title, too. If they want to fight after they both lose their title, you can match them up then. But until then, I want to see them defend their belt.
0: There would be something sort of criminal about all those years. We heard the rumors of the welterweight champion GSP coming up to fight the middleweight champion Anderson Silva in a super <laughs> Which fight. Which is something
1: we all fucking wanted. Yeah. And then
0: <laughs> if they had given us Woodley versus Wonderboy, welterweight versus middleweight champion in a quote you mean, you super. mean Woodley versus Bisping. Sorry. Yeah. Woodley versus Bisping. Yeah. There would have just been something criminal about it. I'm very happy happy that Woodley's staying in his division clean out your division champions then you can pull the Conor move and hey let's face it Conor didn't clean out the featherweight division but he's Conor McGregor he operates on a higher and different plane from the rest of us well I
1: will say this so you say he didn't clean out his division you know if you think about who the top three contenders were in that division when he left Jose Aldo Frankie Edgar Frankie Edgar and Max Holloway And, and Frankie had just lost to Aldo right Eh, well, I think what you could have
0: said was, let's say Conor McGregor never had aspirations to move up a weight class, they could have booked Conor
1: versus Frankie for the but title. I, I, well, I get that, too. I get that, too. If, if he didn't move, they could have booked him right away. Really, Frankie got but, fucked. But when he, Frankie got fucked. But when he originally dropped his belt, when, when they officially said they took it away from him, the two people fighting for the interim belt were two people he had beaten. Yes. So, I, I mean, like, if you want to say that somebody has cleaned out their division other than Mighty Mouse Johnson... I I mean Connor was probably the second closest, maybe Joanna Jankajac, maybe the third closest, but he's one of the top three with the least amount of I, challengers. He hasn't already knocked out. To me, the people who have cleaned out their division, if John Jones
0: never hit a pregnant lady with his car and he was still it the been, real, man. him he could have moved up to heavyweight, no one bats an eye. Mighty Mouse could move up to one thirty-five, no one bats an eye. And yeah, has Joanna cleaned out that division? I mean, she's getting close. Yeah, she's at least getting close. I, I think when she beats the winner of Rose versus um, Michelle Waterson, uh, I'd be yeah yeah I, if she wants to. Do some sort of super fight at 125. I don't know. I'm just kind of, you know, freestyling here. But the bottom line is Woodley was not the one to go up a division. Thank not you for so much. Damn sure. Now, the question <laughs> becomes Gumby, in
1: your infinite wisdom, what does Damian Maya do now? <sighs> I mean, when we talked to him, it sounded like he was going to sit. I-, I wouldn't be surprised if he sits. This is not a huge layoff, right? Second week of February. Uh, the fight takes place March 4th. Oh, now,
0: March 4th. Yeah, UC208 mm. is the second week of February. Oh, so then right, right. you figure if, let's say, one of them gets hurt or it goes long, I mean, you know, they might not fight again till fall. So what do you do if you're, you know, if you're in charge of Damian Maya's career? Does he take a fight right now or does he just sit
1: and wait? I'm, I mean, uh, it, to me, if I was his management, I would go to Dana or whoever I trusted and say, Look, are are we definitely going to get the damn thing in February? The
0: answer, I'll tell you what, the answer Feb- is no. The be- ans- because so GSP I- is out there, Nick Diaz is out there. This is the William Morris uh, era, and they need big money fights. So, so
1: if it was me,
0: maybe I take a fight with somebody who I know I'm going to beat. Want to hear a uh, uh- kind of offbeat jits idea? sure god all right well eddie bravo Invitational is on fight pass have him do three ebis in the interim just to stay warm how much fun would that be i mean Damian, it would, it would be fun EBI? for
1: us as viewers but i think it does nothing for his title aspirations I, I agree to completely. me i say have him fight nick diaz um you know nick diaz has been out for so long probably rusty and, and he's gonna get taken down that's a good one um now
0: uh the other rumor and this has turned into like i, I can't even believe i'm gonna say this MMA's version of Pacquiao Mayweather has now become Habib versus Ferguson. The fight, <laughs> Not even for a belt. The <laughs> fight that no, oh, yes, it is. Everyone oh, gets an interim title shot in 2017, right. baby. It's For the interim, interim, there interim. are going to be about four billion interim title shots. If you get my innuendo, uh, Habib versus Ferguson has been rumored. It's the fight to make. The winner will get Connor. And uh, you know, every day it's like watching the New York Stock Exchange. There are highs, there are lows. Sometimes we think Habib versus Ferguson. Is going to happen. Sometimes we don't think it's going to happen. Hopefully that becomes the co main event.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be the co main event. I, I mean, all of this talk about money and stuff, if they're both posturing and they both deserve a huge payday for this. Because let's be honest, in the right world, what would have happened was Habib would have fought Eddie Alvarez for the title. He probably would have beat him for the title. Are you
0: talking about last
1: summer? Yeah, yeah. If, if we're talking about what should have happened. Instead of Connor getting the title shot... Oh, okay. I see where you're going. Kobe should have gotten the title shot. And when he won and and beat up Eddie Alvarez, like I think he
0: would have. I'm shocked you're saying that because you were always on the tip. Obviously, I'm Team Eagle. You're Team El Kakoy. But he was coming off such a long layoff. He had the one win last year, uh, but you would have given him a
1: title shot versus Eddie Alvarez? I mean... uh, if we're looking at the way that the UFC was going to book... Look, I always wanted the Al-Kakui the title shot. If you look at the last two guys they fought, I, I don't even remember who Habib fought last. Who'd Habib fight last? Uh, wasn't it... Dar- was Daryl Horcher... Daryl Horcher. Yeah. Do you know who Tony Ferguson fought... Well, but
0: before RDA, though, he fought a jobber. Who did he fight? Lando Veneta. Oh, Lando Vanetta's no jobber. You're That's right. right. So <laughs> yeah. while it
1: looks like he had just beat a jobber up, he beat a fucking legit dude up, which, again, brings back my point. I think that he's on the better. He's got the better argument for the title shot. But if we go back. Shit! If you had given it to Habib or Tony, mm-hmm. and one of them beat Eddie Alvarez, this should be the big money fight, right? Connor
0: definitely threw a wrench into this whole 155 title picture. And I'll also say, if you remember, the reason Habib had to fight Daryl Horcher was because your boy El Kakoi, pulled out of a fight against Habib because he got injured, or maybe his wife was being pregnant. Whatever. I'm not insinuating anything on that front. Things happen. Yeah. Certainly, the Eagle has pulled out of a fair share of fights. <laughs> but if you remember that fight would have eliminated one of them and instead now it's been it's been going I on mean, a there year i mean
1: there're two mega mega challengers here. Yeah.
0: The, uh, two, never have there been two more deserving challengers at the same time, I don't think. I don't think so. Uh, In I, any division. Oh, my God. It's almost just annoying to talk about. So, bottom line is, we're hoping that's the fight that gets announced. Habib's dad said it
1: got announced for whatever that's worth. There were winky, smiley faces on people's Twitter accounts and on, uh, bullshit Habib's like <laughs> manager,
0: yeah. <laughs> Ab- Abdi- Abdel Aziz. Um, all right. So, let's move on. Uh, hopefully, the next time we come back and tape this podcast, we'll have uh, confirmation on that. Rhonda Rousey broke her silence. She went on Instagram and essentially said uh, this is what rock bottom looks like. Let me get you the full quote
1: Gumby. Uh, did you have a chance to see this yet? I, I didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, I mean, like it's well documented how she handles losses. Uh, you know, so it's it's not terribly surprising. It is really sad. Um, and and, you know, I, I almost hope she bounces back from it. I've seen some really inspirational stuff from John Jones, hoping she fights again, telling her to get back on that horse and that kind of stuff. It was a JK Rowling quote and it read. And
0: so rock bottom became the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. Now, notice she says, rebuilt my life. That doesn't mean rebuilt my fighting career, i.e., leave Glendale Fight Club and travel the country to the best coaches money can buy. It just says, rebuild my life. But take from that what you will. I would like to see, I think Rhonda could go from the biggest heel to the biggest face to borrow an expression from pro wrestling if she released a statement saying, I do need to make changes. I am going to, you know, find a different fight camp and try to make a comeback here. How awesome would that be?
1: I, I mean, I I am already a Ronda fan, and I'm one of the few people still saying that. You know, even after the way she handled the Holly
0: Holm and Amanda Nunes, losses, absolutely,
1: absolutely. Because you know what? That's part of her personality. Her whole life has been built around athletic competition and not around everything else. It's a lot easier for us to say that as people who don't you know, we don't work in athletics every single day. We haven't had every single one of our jobs be athletics. Unfortunately, I'd love that, but you know, like we have our jobs and we have other stuff. We have her families and stuff like that. Her whole life, her whole family, her whole job has been being the best in the world. And she's been told she was the best in the world since she was like four years old. So, I mean, it's earth shattering to have two losses in a row and, and, you know, Whatever it is that she's dealing with, it's obviously very hard for her to deal with, and you can't judge her unless you know you've been there, and nobody's been there. Sure, you
0: bring up some good points. I do, however, think uh, there is somewhat of, I hate to use the words, like unspoken bond, or just, I, I think there's a lack of respect she's shown to both Holly and Amanda in not doing media, in not giving them their just due. Oh, no,
1: I I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, it, it would be nice to see her do some media... And say, hey, th- she came out there and was better, like Cruz did with with God that, exactly. Yeah, or, and said, hey, he's better than me today. Maybe he's not tomorrow. We've said
0: this many a times, but again, you look at the way Connor lost to Nate Diaz, recreated everything about that fight, came right back, gave Diaz his props, and then started talking a ton of shit like the next week. Uh, it just that's the way I, I, I think it was a classier way to handle a loss than, than what she's done. But whatever, it is what it is. She's obviously very accomplished. I'm not around a Ronda hater by any stretch, uh, but the way she's handled these losses. Uh, it's just, I don't know it's, it's a little tough, I agree with that Alright, well speaking of Rhonda, I know you're a big Ben Rothwell fan I
1: am a big Ben Rothwell he fan He
0: had this to say about Rhonda's boyfriend, Travis Brown Quote, he's one of those guys I try to be nice and cool to him the more I learn about him He's one of those guys that's just a man whore He's a phony A lot of his shit pisses me off Why do you suddenly leave a great camp And then uh, make a go- a move to a expletive gym I think it was a financial thing. He went there and found a sugar mama in his girlfriend. He's just looking to get himself taken care of. End quote. To MMA junkie, your thoughts?
1: Oof. I didn't see that quote. This this is news to me as you say it. Um, I, I mean, did he probably move so we could be closer to Rhonda? That might be true. Was it a monetary thing? I mean, we can't comment on the relationship. We had no fucking clue. They don't market through the public. But I will say... If I was a guy on the cusp of being a top five heavyweight, on the top of being the best in my division, on the top of the world, on the close to being named the baddest man on the planet, that's what the heavyweight champ is after all. I'm not going to Glendale Fight Club I'm with my career. Never leaving Jackson Winklejohn ever. I'm sleeping in their basement and I'm training 10 times a week. You know, like, come on. Jackson Winklejohn, ATT. And what else? Those are the two. TriStar, tri- maybe TriStar. Tri- that's right, because I, I love Zahabi. So you put those three on a pedestal. There are other good gyms out there. I you, love the lab. Up, I love Alliance. I love. You Henzo's. brought up Team Alpha Male for her. Yeah, with, Team Alpha Male. Oh, well, yeah.
0: Actually, sorry, we're talking about Rothwell now. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, or sorry, we're talking about Travis Brown. Yeah, yeah. That would but, make sense. It's Travis Brown just stomping little hundred thirty five pounders at but, but Team Alpha Male.
1: But, come on, dude. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna be at one of the best camps. and leave for a camp where name another heavyweight there nobody can Uh, it's silly it's silly that's all it is um and whether or not that's the reason he made that decision only he knows that yeah well at the very least uh
0: you know uh your boy ben rothwell talked himself into a fight with uh mr ronda i i I love me some ben (laughs) Rothwell. all right now here's the last thing i want to end our uh fight news segment on gumby and that is that uh ufc had a monster year on pay-per-view. The numbers are in. We don't have the numbers on 206. No one seems to have those. But Dave Meltzer estimates at the low end, December 30th, a Friday night card, mind you, where Ronda Rousey did no media. The low end did 1.1 million buys. Top end could be 1.5 million buys. I'm a nerd. I went and added everything up. You know I love pay-per-view buys. This officially makes 2016 the biggest year on pay-per-view in UFC history. They had five, count them, Five pay-per-views cross the million mark and not just eking them out connor versus nate connor versus eddie alvarez all in that 1.5 million 1.6 million range just incredible success on
1: pay-per-view in 2016 in, in the perfect time for lorenzo to sell i mean when you think about it could the ronda rousey bubble be pursed possibly could Connor be away for a while, possibly. I mean, he got out at the highest point possible. And, you know, hopefully WME steps in. And and build some other giant stars, which we know they know how to do. I, I believe
0: that Cody Garbrandt could be one
1: of those stars. Uh, I absolutely. They, with his between his mic skills and his story, I, I mean it's just perfect.
0: Then the other thing is you do. I know it's later in the year, but uh, Brock Lesnar will be off suspension come July, and John Jones will be off suspension come July. GSP is always out there. Nick Diaz is a pay per view draw as well. His fight against Anderson Silva two Januarys ago, I want to say, did off the top of my head about six hundred fifty k. That's pretty good. You know what? Anderson Silva's a pay-per-view draw. If, you know, Yoel Romero, let's say, I don't know, this This is going to sound crazy, gummy, but let's just say hypothetically. He's on steroids? He, he pops for <laughs> steroids. I don't It could happen. Uh, and you slotted in Anderson Silva versus Michael Bisping. I think you could probably count on that for at least 500,000 pay-per-view as a, buys. As a rematch, too, yeah. of a fight that went was awesome
1: anderson's way
0: right and you know even though it's an older anderson silva so the ufc i know the projections don't look good right now because they're kicking off the year first of all there was no january pay-per-view which was very odd they chose to put the december 30th pay-per-view uh instead of doing a january pay-per-view and then the ufc brooklyn card as far as the main event goes right now if the sticks and we believe it will with holly versus jermaine durandamy that's not a good draw I-, I think that'll do mighty mouse numbers you know maybe
1: 125 there yeah they're- They're going to need to back that up with something else.
0: And if they don't, okay, so that's kind of a mulligan, but you kind of get the sense, you know, they have some bullets in that gun uh, and they just haven't fired them yet. So we'll see. It might not be 2016 levels, but if Ronda did a comeback, you get two fights out of Connor, John Jones, Brock Lesnar. Throw in a GSP or maybe an Anderson Silva versus a Nick Diaz in a super fight or a title fight. You know, I think they'll be okay. There are, however, rumors that when the TV contract comes up in 2018, they might cut the pay-per-views in half, knowing how many people stream them illegally and uh, have their TV rights partner pay more for more uh, free TV Saturday shows.
1: Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, from a rating standpoint.
0: All right. Well, let's start getting we have a loaded episode here uh, talking to various dudes fighting at UFC Fight Night Phoenix. uh, And why don't we kick it off with Ben Saunders? What do you say? Yeah, we can do that. All right. Well, this interview then is brought to you by Datsusara Hemp Gear. Datsusara makes fight gear made out of hemp. It's super durable. It's antimicrobial. You could check it out at dsgear.com. Both Gumby and I uh, have the hemp gear fight shorts, and they are awesome. I love them. They're
1: my favorite fight shorts. I was
0: going to say, they're my favorite pair of fight shorts, too. Head on over to dsgear.com. You could check out the fight shorts. You could check out their hemp geese. Uh, You could also check out their backpacks, which look pretty cool as well. Uh, And enter in promo code TOPTURTLE, one word, not case sensitive. Get yourself a nice little discount. Datsusara Hemp Gear brings you our interview with UFC fighter Killabee Ben Saunders.
1: This is Daniel Gumby Vreeland here with my co-host Dave Tremonte and we are talking to Killabee Ben Saunders, who fights Court McGee at Ultimate Fight Night Phoenix on January fifteenth. Uh, ben, let's get right into it. So, uh, you know, you were 3-1 and one in your most recent UFC stint, uh, and then you went and fought at a, a different promotion, uh, Fight Night at a, at the Island, which not many people have heard of in Minnesota. Uh, what was your reason for stepping away from the UFC after all of that time? Uh, I, I know it was not necessarily contractual, it was not necessarily hostile, but w- what was the reason to, to decide to get out of there? I
2: mean, honestly, man, it's a combination of probably uh, a whole bunch of things, but more than anything probably miscommunication uh i would say so i mean at the end of the day i just ended up just taking responsibility for 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 what happened i didn't really bitch or moan about it i just accepted it and uh and then you know i was just trying to get a fight um that wouldn't you know put me in in a contract uh more than one fight and i was also trying to find one of the you know the the best I guess, candidates uh, to kind of add to my resume for experience that um, was a free agent as well. Uh, Joe Silva's is the one that actually gave me the information or whatever, gave my name to Monty Cox, who contacted me. We set the fight up. We did the fight. It went well, and uh, now I'm
0: back. Basically, your contract ran out with the UFC and then – in between them, maybe getting a new contract offer ready. You said, I'm ready to fight. And Joe Silva was kind enough to say, well, if you really need a fight right now, here's a promoter I know in Minnesota. Or I guess I'm just not following. What was the miscommunication? Uh, I mean,
2: look, I, I guess the, the the easiest way, but I'm not going to get into any details about it, is I had a management issues, and that uh. ended up being more of the crutch that Stopped the communication between me and the UFC. And then when I tried to resolve it, I think communication was so bad at that time that it ended up just not working in my favor. But in the end, I guess it kind of did because I'm very happy to have... Volkman on my list and for it to go the way it did, so that I just added another highlight reel. The biggest issue is probably the the waiting the four months with usada that was probably the most unexpected thing you know i I was trying to fight immediately you know uh they they were gonna throw me on that New Mexico card the second I resigned then I was like i I was hoping to get a fight in before the end of the year. Unfortunately, you know, uh the four months led to January mid January, so I'm on the first card available. So once again, uh I definitely want to thank Joe Silva for that because I was trying to fight, fight ASAP.
1: Yeah, and, and we certainly understand not not going into any more detail about management issues, we, we certainly understand that kind of stuff. Um let let's talk about that choice to fight Volkman too, because you said obviously that you wanted, you know, another big name another big name guy out there and, and Jacob Volkman, you know, dangerous wrestler. Uh UFC passed himself. What made you jump at the opportunity to fight him? And obviously it worked out with a seventeen second submission win um so you know no looking back at that but what what was in that decision to say yes Jacob Volkman's the right one to fight to try to you know make the impression to get back in the UFC I mean
2: hell I could say the stars aligned it was fate I could say probably a whole bunch of things because it all it all pretty much happened so quickly at once I was looking for a fight but the closest fight I could find was I think the end of October or something like that and once again, Joe Silva, Monty Cox, I think, hit up Joe Silva, you know, trying to find another UFC veteran or someone that just got cut to help headline that new show because the show I fought on was the first show ever for that event. Um, so they were trying to make sure that it was something good. And, uh, you know, the the reason I wasn't with the UFC was uh, due to a roster count, you know. So it really was kind of like... I guess you could say at the time it felt like absolute proof that that made sense because if I'm the only name that Joe Silva's going to give him to give the opportunity of beating him and then coming back, you know I'm going to jump on that. So so it was that and the fact that it was the beginning of September. I mean, how I was ready to fight in August, but September happened. Uh, It was the quickest fight with the biggest name. And uh, once again, it was more uh, big risk, big reward because i wasn't getting paid anything it was it it wasn't a big fight that was uh on tv or anything you know no no one really knew about it um other than my self-promotion and uh afterwards you know me and eddie and 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 people posting the the arm bar online if i would have lost to him that would have fuck my career, you know, like that would have been, that would have been terrible. It was like, you know, like my back was against the wall. So fuck, man, I went in there 110% focused to, to get the job done. And, um, and and I did so impressively.
0: And you're now one of the few people who can say they've had three separate stints in the UFC. You know, this is now your yeah. th- <laughs> kind of like the third <laughs> debut or re-debut in the UFC. Uh what what's your plan as far as, you know, as you as you go along here now back in the UFC for a third time? Do you kind of say to yourself, I have X amount of fights left in me? Do you do you even look that far out? Like, I need to get to a title shot within five fights. Maybe I can make a title run within three fights if I get the right opponents. What's kind of your long-term plan?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it is, man. I would love to, you know, bulldoze my way straight to the title, you know? But that means that I have to be super impressive in my fights you know if if i'm pulling off things that never been pulled off or putting on phenomenal shows or clinics and whatnot then that showcases you know the the skill and the um really how how i've evolved my game man i mean i've never stayed the same i'm consistently getting better and better every time with experience i'm getting better i feel i'm in my prime i'm ready to go if i Personally, I would love to get a phenomenal finish in this fight and then get someone in the top ten. That would be great. And then we can go top five. And then I'll go a top two for uh, a damn number one contender spot. I'll do whatever they they, they want. Obviously, the, I believe in my skill set, man. I've put so much damn time into this and uh, been so selfish with my life for this to be as good as I am. I know I, I, I can go toe-to-toe with everybody in the top ten. You know, I know I can, I've trained with them. I've, uh, you know, I've experienced it. Uh, I I know where my skill sets at. It's just like every fighter that fights in the UFC or really any major organization, it's, you know, can all the puzzles connect on the correct, you know, date and time that that fight takes place? Because not everybody is able to fight 100%. I know when I'm on point and everything's fucking aligned and everything, and I can actually go out there and, and fight to the best of my abilities, I'm not just winning. I'm fucking either putting on clinics or I'm doing highlight reel finishes. So I know what I'm capable of on the feet, on the ground, in the clinch, everywhere. Um, And it's taken a long time, and I'm only getting better. So I only see positive things in my future, man. Uh, I, I would definitely love to fight some
1: top guys. You talked a little bit in there about phenomenal finishes and pulling off shit nobody else has. You know... I, we, as Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners, and we're into the no-gi game. I'm a big rubber guard guy. I love to work off of my back. Um, you know, you're the only guy ever to pull off an plata in the UFC. Do you feel like people are missing out on the application of rubber guard in MMA? And, and what allows you to be so successful with it when there are so few other guys in MMA doing that right now?
2: Honestly, I mean, I guess you could say that's another star's aligned. Fucking me meeting Eddie and, and linking up with him and his style... Already meshing so well with the style that I already had. I was already a black belt. I'm already at a high level. I already had the flexibility because I've always been dedicated to that. And unfortunately, genetically, I was just gifted with it. You know, I was gifted with uh, the body type to be able to do the things that I do. And I'm also athletic. I'm not. You know, it, it really kind of worked out. I feel I could have played other sports if I dedicated myself to those. But martial arts was my thing, man. That's what I, I, I chose to dedicate myself to. And his style and my body type and my length, and my flexibility, dexterity, and the strength I'm able to, to utilize it in, I mean, it, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I truthfully believe I'm one of a kind, man, because, yeah, there's guys that can fucking do rubber guard as good, obviously even better than me, but do they have the stand-up? You know, do they have the MMA experience? Can they put it all together in an actual fight when people are punching you in the face? That's where things get crazy, and that's where I feel almost alone right now, you know? Like, that's what what I'm trying my best to, I guess, let the world know, hey, I am one of a kind. Hey, this is, you know, this is my, I am a true artist. This is my style I'd mix and match fucking JKD all day, man. Bruce Lee, keep an open (laughs) mind, take what's useful to you, discard what's useless, and create what's essentially your own
0: So if I go into the Sherdog Fight Finder right now, it it obviously says Ben Saunders Association is American Top Team Orlando, but you and I think Tony Ferguson as well, correct, are still doing a lot of training with Eddie Bravo and 10th Planet Jiu Jitsu. You still uh, utilize that in your gearing up in a fight camp. You're still doing 10th Planet BJJ No Gi, Correct.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, my background is Bruce Lee Jeet Kune Do, Majiro Jim Dutch Kickboxing, Laborio Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and I've included Eddie Bravo's fucking 10th Planet System, man. Uh, I'm I'm trying. That's why I feel I'm able to keep learning and keep improving my skill set because I'm not closed minded and I'm not so content with all these things that have been working with me i i try my best to keep that in my arsenal and stay sharp with it but you gotta evolve man and you gotta add things and more than anything if you can not only be uh a part of the evolution but actually create evolution itself man by pulling off things new things that people have never seen i mean that's That's what I'm committed to, man. That's what I would love to bring to the table, not just be a part of the crowd, but fucking break off and help enhance this
3: system
0: enhance the game, man. You're you're like a martial arts mutt. You're bringing so many different backgrounds and kind of putting it all together in a blender, and uh, that's awesome to watch and hear about. Is uh, the Eddie Bravo Invitational something that we could see you in one day, maybe post-fight career? Is that something you've thought about doing, uh, just, you know, because it, it is uh, practice that, that you preach? Uh,
2: post-fight, 100%. 100%. I, I, I definitely believe I'll be competing In as many things as I guess whenever I retire, my body allows me to do. Um, But the reality is, the money and the prestige, and really my lifelong goal has been to get that damn belt. So, you know, uh, I'm 110% committed to that. Uh, Just like the difference between gi and no gi, MMA is its own entity, man. It's its own style of jiu-jitsu that you have to play so uh unfortunately i guess i guess you could say the argument of you know gi and no gi well the handles aren't there so you have to change and use over hooks and underhooks and different and differentiate your grips well then when you bring it to mfa it's the same thing but there is a huge gap of when you're safe and when you're not safe and when there's a scramble and not a scramble so uh, to be sharp in all three is super difficult. I would highly recommend anybody that's competing uh, to definitely realize what your hundred percent focus is and give a lot more towards that discipline. Um, obviously, for the fun of it, I love martial arts, so I, I and mixing and matching. But as long as you're aware of your, I guess, handicaps. You know, if you go in, if you're a no gi practitioner, but you go. Train with the you e, just accept that this is a handicap for what the rules said. If you're a sub-only guy, it'll be a handicap, but you're still going to have fun. You're still going to learn. You're still going to improve and, and, and gain things from it. Uh, it's just a perspective, you know, how you would look at it.
1: Absolutely, and you know. Let's so let's get uh, one question in here about the fight. You've talked about crazy finishes. You've talked about doing shit nobody else has. Uh, when we see you step into the cage January fifteenth against Court McGee, uh, without giving too much away, what craziness might we see in that cage?
2: I don't know. You know, I I know Court. You know, we're cool. <laughs> I'm a uh, you know I'm I'm friends with Hackman, his coach too. Uh, so definitely, uh, we're both. Uh, super respectful of each other but you know when the cage closes you know i'm gonna fucking be the aggressive guy just like him man he he's gonna bulldoze and come forward and uh i don't know man it might be a fucking sonic boom of knees and elbows and then (laughs) fuck it if he does a goddamn fucking takedown uh we're gonna see some jits for sure um but you know, I, I I train everything. I got all eight limbs. You know, I'm going to punch him in the face. I'm going to knee him in the face. I'm going to kick him in the face. I'm going to elbow him in the face. Um, and he's going to be doing the same to me. So it's going to definitely be one of those, you know, uh, on that given night, you know, uh, who who's got the stars aligned and and who who who's going to be on point uh, with everything because I know I know how good I am when uh, when things are on point for me and uh usually is not a good night for my opponents.
0: Alright. Well I'm sold. Uh ben, ben fights Court McGee at uh yeah. Ultimate Fight Night Phoenix oh. on January fifteenth. Ben, fascinating catching up with you. We definitely kept you longer than we promised, but I, I think I could listen to you talk about martial arts all day. Uh so once again, thank you so much for the time and we wish you luck in the fight.
2: No, I appreciate it guys. Uh and anybody that wants to follow me um in my journey you guys can uh follow me on facebook at facebook.com slash ben saunders mma same with twitter and instagram at ben saunders mma and uh thank you guys for having me on man it's an absolute honor
0: Anytime, ben and everyone look for that sonic boom of violence on uh, january 15th <laughs> you know it man
1: All right, Gumby. There you have it. Ben Saunders. Yeah, I I love the honesty about, uh, you know, just some weird contract issues uh, winding up outside of the UFC for one fight and a guy who doesn't belong outside of the UFC really uh, and going out there and taking out somebody like Jacob Volkman freaking I think it was like nine seconds.
0: Yeah, very impressive. Ben Saunders, super cool dude. Posts on the underground. Uh, he's like a. Yeah, he's all over the message boards and stuff like that. I love the guy. He's a fans fighter. You yeah. know what I mean? He's an easy guy to root for,
1: uh, super honest with his career. And, and, and obviously, I love the rubber guard shit, too. The <laughs> tall, lanky guy with some rubber guard. There
0: you go. Only Oma Plata in UFC history, right? Yep. Um, but that might change if Mackenzie Dern ever finds her way oh, into the well, UFC. That,
1: that's a whole different story.
0: For a whole other day. All right, let's go with Fight Night Phoenix. Uh, pretty cool card. Obviously took a hit with Jimmy Rivera uh, at Caraway getting called off. We'll talk to Jimmy Rivera later in the show. But let's start with the main event, what brought everyone to the dance. You know I love this style of matchmaking. Uber prospect, Yair Rodriguez, will be fighting the legend the returning BJ Penn, Yair Rodriguez, is 4-0 and in the UFC. Wins over Charles Rosa, Dan Hooker, Andre Feely, nasty flying head kick. And coming off a badass win, split decision, mind you, over Alex Caceres. That was a fight um, that almost got overlooked, I think, just because there are so many other great fights. Caceres had an amazing fight. Ama- Caceres' best performance ever in a loss. Uh, BJ Penn, the legend, coming off a loss to Frankie Edgar. Two years ago, July of 2014, lost to Rory McDonald before that and lost to Nick Diaz before that. So he's on a three fight losing streak. Drew with John Fitch back in February of 2011. You have to go all the way back to 2010 to find a BJ Penn win, and that was against an older Matt Hughes. Who you got here, Gumby? I'm going with Yair
1: Rodriguez. Uh, and it's. I'm just not the kind of guy who buys the transformed BJ Penn narrative. The idea that he went to to Jackson and he's a new guy and he's, you know, all jacked up and now he's getting better training and he's back to his old original self. You know, I I just think that what we saw with him against Frankie Edgar, him trying gimmicky stuff and what we saw against, uh, you know, in those past fights, he's not the same fighter he was when he was licking the blood off of his gloves. Yair Rodriguez is just absolutely way too fast for BJ Penn in this day and age, way too skilled for BJ Penn, and I think he's going to keep it on the feet and strike him up. Um, uh, BJ Penn, I, I I could see him trying to get some takedowns maybe and trying to win that way, maybe tiring Yair out, but... But I think the heavy favorite here is and should be Yair Rodriguez.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree with you. And uh, speaking of heavy favorite, Yair Rodriguez, minus 485 favorite in most sports books. You get BJ the legend at a plus 355 dog. I don't think you have to take Yair down. I think Yair will take himself down. I think <laughs> Yair will try a flying kick. He'll find himself on his back. And if BJ Penn wants to try to pass guard and, and get a little jitsy, I, you know, I think that opportunity will be there. I do worry. We've talked about this. Many times. You know, I'm a huge Ayer fan. He does take some unnecessary risks in these fights. We've talked about it many times. And BJ Penn, I mean, he's a great, you know, minus the performance against Frankie Edgar. Tippy toes. The tippy toes. He's a great striker. He's hard to knock out. Um, so you never know. But yeah, I'm going with the Ayer. Uh, the co-main event at this point, what with the Caraway Rivera fight being off, you have Joe Lozon taking on Marcin Held. Uh, Lozon has looked good as of late. Uh, you know, he's a veteran who gets better with age, so to speak. Uh, but he did come off a split decision loss to Jim Miller, but beat Diego Sanchez back at UFC 200 in July via TKO, lost a unanimous decision to Evan Dunham uh, back in December of 2015. Marcin Held, uh, he is of Polish descent, they call him the Polish prodigy, he's coming off a loss to Diego Sanchez, his UFC debut back in November of 2016, uh, had beat Dave Jensen and Bellator before that. He's one and two in his last three, also has a loss to Will Brooks. No
1: shame in that per se. But who you got here, Joe Lozon, Marcin Held? For me, this is all Joe Lozon, and, and the reason is not uh, that Held can't grapple with Lozon. So Lozon is an amazing grappler. Held also an amazing grappler. It's not that I don't think his grappling can stand up. I just think when it comes down to it, the the deciding factor is this starts on the feet, And Held isn't going to box with Joe Lozon. And, you know, they might cancel each other out on the ground. Held might even get the better of some exchanges. He's not going to sub Lozon. There's no way he subs Lozon. So Lozon lights him up on the feet and wins this. In either a decision or I wouldn't even be surprised if Lozon got the submission.
0: Wow, that's that's big talk. Okay, I, I see this more in the decision realm of things. I, but hey, you know what? Everyone's one punch away. Lozon, the minus one forty favorite, held the plus one twenty dog. Uh, we'll move on now to friend of the show. We talked to him earlier. You have Ben Saunders facing Court McGee. Court McGee, also a friend of the show, coming off a decision win over Dominic Steele back in August. Uh, lost to Santiago Ponzinibbio via TKO in April of last year and beat uh, marcio Alexander jr back in december of 2015 so court mcgee is two and one in his last three ben saunders we talked about it in the interview he's coming off a submission via armbar over jacob volkman that was at fight night at the island back in september of 2016 uh, lost to patrick cote last january and beat kenny robertson Back in July uh, of 2015, so he is also two and one in his last three. Who you got here? They're both friends of the show, but Ben Saunders was on today. So what do you think?
1: I'm going with Gilbert, uh, and not just because he was on today. To me, he's a more complete striker. I love the way he works the knees and the more Mu- the Muay Thai uh, plum. Uh, McGee is a tough out. But if this becomes a grappling match, I mean, Ben Saunders is definitely a better grappler. Court McGee, the better wrestler. He's a better wrestler. But do you really want Ben Saunders off of his back? Hell no. No, because that dude's rubber guard game is legit. And he promised he was going to bring us some funky shit. All right. Well, Gumby picking
0: uh, Ben Saunders, hopefully by funky shit. He is the. (laughs) He's minus 115, and Court McGee's minus 105, which is to say that Vegas doesn't know who the fuck to pick. Uh, You know, I think now is no more perfect a time. To catch up with Jimmy Rivera, he uh, was supposed to be in the co-main event against Brian Carraway. We talked to him about why that fight did not happen, and we'll play that for you now. I do want to remind our loyal listeners that all interviews are brought to you by Datsusara Hemp Gear. Head on over to dsgear.com, enter in promo code TOPTURTLE, get yourself a nice little discount. If you do MMA, BJJ, wrestling, they have fight gear made out of hemp. Super durable, antimicrobial, what's not to love, dsgear.com. Datsusara brings you our
1: interview with UFC fighter Jimmy Rivera. We are talking with Jimmy the Terror Rivera, who was supposed to fight Brian Caraway this Sunday. Uh, unfortunately, Brian Caraway has since backed out. So, Jimmy, let's let's talk about the, the question that's on everybody's mind. Uh, when Caraway backed out, you're rumored to fight uh, Cheeto Vera for a very short period of time before you squashed that too. Uh, there was announcements about Dodson and stuff on there. Uh, could you just clear up a little bit about what the misconceptions about all those announcements were?
4: Uh, Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. Um, I found out, Carraway, on Monday uh, of last week that he was out of his fight. He supposedly said he got hurt. And I just, you know, honestly, I was like, this has got to be, you know, kidding me. I've trained two and a half months for this guy. He says he's hurt. All of a sudden. So on Thursday, they gave me two opponents. Um, Thursday, so three days, three and a half days later, they gave me two opponents uh, Dotson or um, Marlon Vera. And I jumped to gun. It's uh, it's my fault. I told my manager right away without speaking to my coach. I'm like, you know, we train for someone that's a tall righty. Marlins, a tall righty. Let's. He's a grappler. He's not really a wrestler, but he's a grappler. So it's like 50 percent of what we train for. You know, we didn't train kind of for short lefty movement. So I'm like, let's go with Marlins. Get the fight going. And then right away, you know, my coach is looking look at the video, this and that, and he's like, wait, you said yes already. So it was it was my fault telling my manager let's let's get on it right away. Where my coach is like, listen, why are we gonna fight Marlin or why are we gonna fight Dotson? You know what I mean. If we're gonna fight one of the two of them, let's let's you know let's if we get the W, get the win. Let's guarantee something that you know we're gonna like afterwards. Let's fight for something. So speaking to you know the matchmakers and stuff, we we asked us you know get this W to fight. Cruz, you know what I mean Cruise Next or, or 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 Cody or one of the top three, you know, Cruise Cody or or uh, Garbrandt. And, you know, they couldn't make any guarantee. So we're like, if you can't make any guarantee and you won't say yes, that definitely I could get matched up with that. And I am sorry but I can't I can't take you to fight. I can't fight with either person. It's not gonna if it's not gonna propel me forward, then I don't know why I'm you know, why I'm why am I gonna fight if I'm not gonna keep propelling forward. Every move that I made since I've been signed with the OC, it's to propel me forward. You know what I mean? Every every move I made was for the OC. They wanted me to fight Mark Svermich last two, two weeks notice, two two and a half weeks I said like, yes. They wanted me to fight Pedro Munez in Brazil in his hometown. I said yes. They had these guys, they you had a couple of people and, and three people, to, or actually, three or two people, and the top of this was Yuri Alcantara. I'm like, and no one wanted to fight him. And we said yes, we'll fight him. You know, I wanted to get in the rank because I want to be able to fight ranked people. Then all of a sudden, you know, uh, I, I go Sean. Sean's calling me. He's like, you know, if Caraway doesn't want to take the fight, I have four people's names that at the top of the list. Was Uriah Faber? It was Faber. It was Dotson. It was uh, Eduardo, and one other person, maybe Sterling. I think. I said, well, if Carrie doesn't want to take the fight, I don't. You know, I don't want an easy fight. I want a tough fight all the time. Let me fight. Let me fight. Uh, let me fight Faber. So, as usual, Carley didn't take the fight, and and. Uriah said he would, and I got to fight Uriah and, and I got to beat him. But then, you know, he was telling me, you know, we had matchups already. We're going to give you Caraway. Caraway made sense. We're like, all right, so everybody's matched up except for me and Caraway and you can't put me with Raphael because Rafael lost his last match. So I'm like, all right, no problem. I'm like, you sure he's going to take the fight? I'm like, don't worry, I'll get him to take the fight. He takes the fight and then trained for two and a half months. Two weeks before the fight, he's like, I'm hurt, I can't fight. And I'm like, are, are you serious? I'm like, and it's my fault at the end of the day because I went about it the wrong way. I should have just said, "Listen, I'll wait for Carley to get better. I'll fight someone uh, ranked above him, someone that will propel me forward, and not wait for Sean to even try to find a replacement. She, like either if someone propels, I can wait. I have no problem waiting. I just want to keep propelling forward and keep moving forward in my career. And just like I've been with all my last fights, and the one, you know, that was the one thing I asked. I you know, I've done and every fight they ask me to do, I just ask for that one thing to keep moving forward.
1: Absolutely. And that makes a lot of sense, too. And, and we hear that from fighters saying that, you know, what is this fight going to do for me? Uh, I want to touch back on something you said right at the beginning of that, too, where you said supposedly Caraway got hurt. Uh, could you elaborate a little bit more about what you meant by that? Um, it was, I don't
4: know if he's hurt or not. It's like one of those things you really don't know. You know what I mean? He said numerous things to, uh, to the matchmaker saying you know jimmy's not a good fight he you know i he, he there's there's you know there's no way it's a good fight for me i can't beat him this and that his manager and stuff are going back and forth so you know and i think he was you know forced in. it was either you know you fight or you wait or something like that and he was forced into the fight and you know he would then then when he was forced into the fight he said yeah then he wanted to fight right away and i was like Listen, I just found out about the fight, you know I mean, I have stuff going on in my life, they said January 15th, I said, no problem, January 15th, and then he was trying to fight right away, and this and that, so when he was forced into the fight, I think he was trying to kind of be like, alright, let's fight right away, and try to get me off guard, I'm like, hey, why are you rushing the fight, you know, you want to fight in two weeks in Melbourne, you know how long it is to get to Australia, and then down, you want to fight again in December, or something like that, you want me to fight in December, like, you know, he he was making every excuse possible to fight right away. And I'm like, let's just fight with the day they gave us, January 15th. And I just feel like, and, and it's so annoying too because we trained for someone two and a half months that, you know, he faked the injury and he got hurt and he got pulled. You know what I mean? He's hurt now and Lineker's hurt and he's been eyeing Lineker because of that specific reason. I could see now why he wanted Lineker because how TJ fought Lineker uh, on December 30th of how he just took him down and just was on power for nonstop. And Leonard didn't have takedown defense at all. So I could see why now he, you know, he wanted to fight, you know, so, I mean, Carol wanted to fight Leonard. So now I see it. So it was just one of those things where I probably, even in the long run, think about now, like I regret even saying I was going to take the fight with him. I should have just been, you know, show him, but you know, I understand where he's wrapped up. I'll, I'll wait for someone to get, you know, unwrapped. And if I have to wait a little later in 2015, that's fine. I'll just wait a little later and I'll, I'll get a fight.
1: That makes sense. And uh, so, you know, thinking about where we go from here, obviously, you know, you're talking about propelling yourself forward. W- what are you looking for a matchup next? O- obviously, you know, Carraway seems like not the right option here, being his, you know, we're, we're questioning his motives behind dropping out, whether or not he ever wanted to fight. So so where does Jimmy Rivera go after, after you know, this weekend where, you know, obviously, unfortunately, you're not going to get the chance to fight?
4: Um, you know what? Honestly, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I... It's a, it's a it's a it's a rough spot you know i i, I never asked for an easy paycheck you know what i mean like if i would have fought vera you know nothing against him but he's two two and two in the, in, in the ufc and people saying i'm scared of this now I'm like if i fight him what do i benefit from someone that's ranked 41 or something like that mm-hmm. and then you go to the rankings and you see Dotson's rank 9 or 10 right now but if you go to other rankings like mma junkie and you go to like uh, uh, what was it? Sherdog. He's not even ranked in the top ten, or he's not even like honorable mention. I think in Matrix fighting, he's the only one ranked at ten or something like that. And uh, if you look at Matrix fighting, you look at all the other rankings. I'm there in the top. Like I'm eight in MMA junkie. I'm four in Matrix fighting. And that it counts all the fighters. You know what I mean? In every league. So it's like you see that, and then I'm like, all right, Dotson lost his last fight. All right, if I fight Dotson. I beat him. He's going to make an excuse that oh, I only had two weeks' notice, and and and, and that's why. And then it was, it's going to propel me into another fight with him. And I'm like, I want to keep going forward. How's Dotson? Like, I, I keep trying to figure out if I fought Dotson, how it would have helped me get a, get get a, get like get forward and move forward. And I I just don't see I don't see an answer at all for it.
0: Now you're you're a Northern Jersey guy. Uh, has there been any thought to UFC 208, which takes place in Brooklyn? Obviously, not far, tri-state area. Would that be too quick a turnaround, one month away? Are you looking more towards the spring now?
4: Um, no, it's not. It's not a. It's not a quick turnaround at all. I mean, I'm in shape. I'm still training. Like, I, I, I got back in the gym. On, I've been training the whole week. Like, I had a fight, and I always train anyway. You know what I mean? I'm always in getting. I'm staying in shape and and training, you know what I mean? So this way, you know, if I get, like, two weeks' notice is not practical, but if I get a month's notice, it's not a big deal. I can take the fight, and I'm set, you know what I mean? But if it's, like, two weeks' notice, the only smart fighter will ever take a 2 weeks notice fight or a one-week notice fight if you're fighting for the belt, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like, all these guys, all these fans and stuff and other people are talking trash, and it doesn't bother me because at the end of the day, like, they're not going to look out for my best interests. Myself and my coach is going to look out for my best interests. So when they're saying all this stuff, it doesn't bother me. That's, you know, and, and that's the biggest thing. I want to keep going forward. I want to keep propelling forward. If they want me to fight next month, I, I will fight next month. As long as it keeps me going forward. It keeps me moving up. The rankings keep moving up to closer to the title shot. If they want to wait and you know, maybe cruise, because I hear different things. Like Cody and TJ might be fighting and Cruz might be out. So I don't mind fighting Cruz. Like, I never ask. I never scared anyone, but I never ask for an easy fight. I don't want an easy fight. I want some of the fight that's it's gonna be hard but it's also gonna keep moving me forward. Sure. And and that's the only way to look at it. You know what I mean? People people can honestly say what they want. It's freedom of speech. We're in America, you can say whatever you want. I'm not I'm not gonna hold against you, I'm not gonna get upset. But at the end of the day, I'm you know, I, I think people were like, you know, oh like they're saying stuff about oh, you didn't retire Faber. I'm like, I beat favorite thirty, twenty seven, all three judges. He took one more fight, he wanted to end and off on a win. I'm pretty sure I retired him that he's okay. done he retired for a reason. You know what I mean? He wasn't old. It wasn't like he did not not still have it. He tore picking apart in the fight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But was he able to take me down? Was he able to knock me down? No, the worst thing I got in the fight, that I wasn't prepared for, was a groin shot and an eye poke. That was the worst <laughs> thing ever I got. You got Cody Garber and he's 11-0. and 0. Well, yeah, Cody, you're 11-0. I'm 19-0 at 135. My two first two fights, I fought at 150. So how are you better than me? I fought all my fights have been hard fights. You know what I mean? I'm not, It's not like a guy like Almeida who, who, when you fight in Brazil, you they grab anybody and you just fight. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking for the tough fights. I'm looking against Steelershaw, Cody, Cruz. You know what I mean? I'm looking for stuff that's tough and is going to keep moving forward because you're in the UFC. Your ultimate goal is to be the champ. So I want to be the champ and go, you know what I mean, and, and be able to fight for the belt. I don't want to be held back from it.
0: We agree with everything you're saying here. And I think you're speaking very intelligently about your place in the rankings and the UFC. You know, you're 4-0 in the UFC. You're ranked 6th in the Bantamweight division by the UFC's rankings. Uh, And we've said on this podcast, we don't think Bantamweight has ever felt like it's had more depth. You know, it felt like a division where uh you know Cruz kinda ruled it from the onset. You had Faber, who was the name, then Barrow. Um, and now I mean it's a it's a loaded division, it feels like, and you're ranked sixth with guys ahead of you, Lineker's coming off a loss, Asansau's coming off a loss, Caraway just backed out of a fight with you. And then obviously at the top you have uh, Dominic Cruz 1 and TJ Dillashaw 2. What, if you had to put your matchmaker hat on, what would you have the champion do? Would you have him rematch with Dominic Cruz? Would you have him fight Dillashaw? And then the hope being you get whoever he doesn't fight? What, what do you think is the fairest scenario here?
4: Um, you know what? If I, I was, if I was being fair about it, you know what I mean? It would be it would be either, you know, it, honestly, it would be either Cody or Dillashaw or Cody Cody and Cruz. I mean, actually, you know what? Honestly, no. It'd be Cody. Let me let me rephrase. It'd be Cody and Dillashaw. Cody and Cruz were a close fight. It wasn't really a close fight, you know, mm. when it came down. If you watched the fight, C- Cody really got the best of Cruz. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would have put Cody and Dillashaw. Dillashaw deserves it, but on the other hand, you know, why don't I deserve it? But being, not being biased and, and not being favorite to my favoritism to myself, I would give Cody uh Cody and Dillish to the fight and let me fight Cruz. You know what I mean? Cruz is gonna want a, a tune up fight anyway. So let me be let me be in his tune up fight. You know what I mean? Let me just the same thing will happen to Saber. Saber came in and wanted to be uh, wanted to have a tune up fight, I'll be in his tune up fight. That's fine with me.
0: I think you paint a pretty, I think, realistic picture because I do believe the UFC likes the backstory or whatever you want to call it between and Garbrandt being former training partners. I feel like that's a fight they could sell. That leaves Cruz wide open for a fight you could take him, and then you sort of have a mini-tournament with you know the winner of you versus Cruz getting the winner of Garbrandt versus Dillashaw. Obviously, a lot can happen, though, with injuries and everything else, and you can't really count on any sort of linear path to a title shot in the UFC anymore. Jimmy, we kept you a little longer than we promised, um, but it was fascinating talking to you. Yeah, and, and you know we, we can't wait to see what gets announced here, and, and we wish you luck with whatever whatever the next step is.
4: Thank you guys, I really appreciate it. And you know, sitting down and thinking about it and everybody's saying all the stuff, you know, everybody's saying all these things. I just wanna clear the air, you know what I mean? I wanna clear the air. I'm like, Yeah, I, I jumped the gun, I made my manager say yes to something that my coach didn't agree on yet and we didn't come to terms yet, and it's my fault. But on the other hand, I think about it, you know, you always see you always think about a situation and you always think back and you look at it like should I handle it this way or this way? I definitely didn't handle the situation right. It was a learning experience. You know I learned I did it the wrong way. I should have said, you know, I need to wait for Caraway or give me someone better. But I let them benefit that. I figured, all right, there would be someone in the top rankings. Maybe I would get Rafael and they would fight someone else for Sterling or something like that. But it just completely went completely went a different way where it was like, you know, oh, basically give me an easy fight. You know what? It's an easy fight. I'm like, I don't want an easy fight. I don't need a paycheck fight. Mm-hmm. I, want a, I want a tough fight that's going to keep moving me forward. You know what I mean? No, no. You know, some people like the easy fight, but I'm not one of those guys. I never took the easy fight. In my last four fights, I don't want to take an easy fight now. I want to keep, you know, striving and keep going forward and and take the toughest fight.
1: All right, there you
0: have it, Jimmy Rivera.
1: Super I, honest. Yeah, I love how honest he was. It was really great to hear. You know, we're hearing, seeing articles out there with tweets that he had as as evidence of what he's thinking and where he wants to fight next. It's good to finally hear the like real honest to God truth from the horse's mouth what he wants and why he made that decision he said it was an honest mistake
0: i think he's handling his career very well he's four and oh in the ufc i said this in the interview ranks one 20 and one is a pro and i think we looked it up right the loss was when he was 19 years old yeah and, and, and as he said in the interview it was that featherweight too it wasn't even a bantamweight and it was a split decision so this guy's a beast and he's doing all the right things to move up the ufc ranks gumby sticking with fight night phoenix uh unfortunate rivera isn't on it but give us a fighter or two to watch out for or a match you're really excited about
1: uh so the the, the fighters i'm i'm really excited for number one is Drakar close uh is fighting devin powell on the undercard he's an mma lab guy he was a d2 wrestler absolute beast knocking people out tko's great grounded pound action i also even though his last fight was was really rough i love alexia linik he's like a 42 year old russian heavyweight with, like, 60 pro fights, a win over Krokop. He's fighting Victor Pesta. That, that's certainly one to watch. And
0: Olenek, if you like him, is a minus 145 favorite. Victor Pesta, the one plus one 125 dog... Going back a step, uh, Dracar Close, minus 235 favorite, Devin Powell, friend of the show. We spoke to him. He's the product of Looking for a Fight, uh, the new episode that debuted uh, for this season. He's a plus 195 dog. Did you get a chance to
1: see that episode, by the way? I did. It. His nose looked fucked off. <laughs> he's a tough dude. <laughs> yeah, he's a tough dude. And, you know, I think he's tough in this fight, too. I just don't know if he's got the wrestling defense for closer. Uh, and as far as a fight to watch this weekend, I, I mean, definitely check out John Moraga, Sergio Pettis. Two amazing flyweights, both of them young and, and still on a great career trajectory to get to the top of that flyweight division. Uh, I'd love to see either of them get back up towards the, the Mighty Mouse realm. All right. Well, rounding out this fight
0: card you have uh, and kicking off the main event, you have Frankie Sions. Uh He's going to be fighting against Augusto Mendez. Uh, Science is coming off two losses to Eddie Wineland via TKO and Faber unanimous decision. No he, shame in either of those, right? Two <laughs> killers. Uh, beat Sirwan Kakai. Uh, before that, uh, what are you thinking in this fight? Before we talk to uh, 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 Frankie Science.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, what I'm thinking basically on this one, and we talked to Science a little bit about it too. Is I mean, he's a D1 wrestler. He he wrestled at Northern Colorado and Arizona State. Uh, he's just the type of guy who I think can make this fight happen on the feet. And, And to me, if he makes the fight happen on the feet and doesn't try to grapple with Augusto Mendez... I think it benefits him in that way all right well Frankie signs is the minus
0: 145 favorite uh, Augusto Mendez the plus 125 dog but don't take our word for it listen to Frankie signs tell us what he thinks of the fight this interview is of course brought to you by Datsusara Hemp Gear head on over to dsgear.com enter in promo code top turtle get yourself a nice little discount Datsusara Hemp Gear brings you our interview with Frankie signs <laughs>
1: We are talking with Frankie Signs, who fights this Sunday against Augusto Mendez at Ultimate Fight Night Phoenix. Um, let's start with the, kind of an easier question for you here, Frankie. Uh, this is basically a hometown fight for you. Do uh, you got a lot of fans coming out uh, to watch you in Phoenix?
3: Yeah, you know, I got, I got tons of family, tons of friends, tons of fans. Uh, you know, it should be a good turnout for me.
1: That's awesome, and, uh, you know, what is it like, you know, obviously every fighter's got a little bit of a different feel fighting in front of a hometown crowd, some feel the pressure, some feel like they can feed their energy off of it, what's, you know, what's your feeling going into this fight, how are, uh, how are you feeling through training camp knowing that that's what's at the end of the tunnel?
3: I'm excited, you know, uh, it's been a while, uh, you know, since I fought back home, you know, it's my sixth fight in the UFC, and, uh, you know, I've always wanted an opportunity to kind of come back, and... uh you know give my family and and my friends a treat just uh to see me fight live you know so i think uh you know i'm gonna feed off the crowd quite a bit you know come sunday night
1: absolutely and you know so your opponent here too let's let's talk a little bit about him uh you know he's also kind of a hometown uh guy too he's training out of the mma lab down there also in arizona now you've got a pretty impressive uh college wrestling background did some d1 wrestling at both arizona state and Northern Colorado. Um, but knowing how good, you know, he, he's a world champion jujitsu specialist. Uh, do you expect this fight to hit the floor with your wrestling versus his jujitsu, Or are you going to outbox him here?
3: Um, You know, I, I mean, I've been fighting MMA for a long time. You know, I think this is my sixth, like I said, sixth fight in the UFC. This might be his sixth fight total um, or seventh fight Maybe. Uh, but, you know, I'm comfortable wherever the fight goes, you know, I mean, I've been fighting this for a while, you know, the the thing is with, with jujitsu and MMA is, uh, you know, we can strike on top. So that kind of changes the game a little bit.
1: Absolutely. And, and if, you know, we were to see this go anywhere, we would probably expect the, uh, D one college wrestler on top of the, uh, the jujitsu specialist, um, so let's talk a little bit, uh, obviously we don't want to give away too much of your game plan. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on in your division right now too, in the UFC, uh, you know, Uriah Faber, a guy you, you fought, uh, and had a, a hell of a back and forth battle with, uh, just retired. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on his retirement, his going away fight and, you know, just in general, what Uriah Faber, the man did for, uh, the sport in 135 ers
3: uh, he was a true pioneer, you know, of the sport, you know, and you know, it was an opportunity that I had to fight him, you know, it was a big opportunity to fight him. Um, you know, I mean he's done so much for the lightweight division, just you know, pretty much being the face of the division for a long time. Um, you know, I was happy for him, you know, going out with the win. You know, I kinda had a conversation with him, you know, when we were uh <laughs> when we were about to fight, you know, and uh he was just kinda talking about you know, how he's been doing this for a long time, and I kind of got the sense that, you know, he wasn't going to be doing it too much longer. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm happy for him. You know, got to kind of ride off in the sunset in his hometown and uh, retire with the W.
0: Now, the other big thing in your division uh, that just happened was Cody Garbrandt upsetting uh, Dominic Cruz for the title. What do you think of Cody's performance? Uh, I don't, most MMA pundits uh, weren't expecting him to, you know, outmaneuver, outbox, out footwork dominic cruz but he did what did you make of that if you had a chance to see it um you know i i mean
3: obviously cody's a talented guy you know i think they have the perfect game plan uh for dominic you know he just kind of he let the fight come to him you know he didn't chase dominic around you know try to swing and swing and miss i mean dominic's you know his whole thing is movement 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 and cody just sat sat in the center of the ring Every time he came in, he would just you know in a sense just kind of counter-strike. you know he came in and didn't you know didn't veer off the game plan he just he stuck to it and uh you know as the round got later, he just started to see him where he just started finding that timing, started tagging him a lot more and uh you know it was a it was a great performance by Cody, no doubt
1: yeah absolutely and and you know as a fighter we, we're always interested to get this take you know as a fighter, you know so often you hear he went in with the wrong game plan. Sometimes you hear he's clearly not listening to his coach. You know, how much stock do you put into, you know, your coach's game plan and what they cook up for you versus what you feel at the moment?
3: You know, I mean, you know, I could, you know that's why they're my coaches. You know, I, I, I want them to advise me on what they think I should do, and I trust them, you know, as far as, you know, game plans and things like that. But, you know, sometimes in a fight, You know, the game plan kind of changes, and, you know, in between rounds, that's where, that's why you have coaches, you know, just kind of let you know, hey, this game plan isn't working, what we're doing is not working, let's change it up, and, uh, you know, I mean, it kind of goes both ways, but coaches need to make that adjustment, you know, in the fight, and, you know, that's why I have the coaches that I have.
0: And you know, coming off obviously it was a tough loss to Eddie Weinland, uh, last July. W- what adjustments have you made or did the coaches make uh that you could share with us?
3: Um, you know, I mean I honestly I, I just went out and, you know, got different looks. You know, I went out to Alliance for a week, I went to went out to uh to Denver for a week, you know, got a tra- got a chance to train with uh team elevation and Dwayne Ludwig and you know, I mean, I just got out there got to see some different looks different partners different coaches and uh you know it just kind of gave me a different view on uh on kind of what i was doing wrong or not not so much wrong but just kind of cleaning up my game a little bit
0: so basically what everyone's recommending ronda rousey do right now
3: (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i mean pretty much you know i mean i just uh you know with me i've been with the same team same camp my whole career you know and uh it was good for me just to get out, you know, just see some different stuff and, uh, you know, just see some different coaches, just what, what other guys are doing. And, you know, I, I, think I grew a lot from it.
1: Yeah. That that's, I mean, it obviously a great plan for, for any mixed martial artist is to learn from, from more than one small group of people, um, you know just kind of a uh, out of a curiosity point here you know when you're moving between all of these different camps but also at the same exact time you know game planning for you know somebody like Augusto Mendez who who is a very very talented fighter at one specific thing you know not that his striking's bad but his jiu-jitsu is by and far his best thing how do you balance, you know, working on that one thing that you know he's going to bring, but also realizing I'm standing in front of Bang Ludwig, might as well get as much, you know, Bang Ludwig Muay Thai as I possibly can?
3: Yeah, you know, I mean, the main thing is just me.
1: You know, I, I really didn't focus a whole lot
3: on, on what he's going to do. You know, obviously he's, uh, he's great on the ground. You know, um, but you know, I just, I went and did all these trips like j- just so I can get better, you know, as far as, uh, just getting back to what I was doing. I think I kind of veered away from it in the last, you know, Eddie Weinman fight, you know, just wanted to get back, get a, get a different vision, but just get back to more of what got me into the UFC and what got me winning in the UFC as opposed to just trying to change things up, you know, just trying to be a completely different fighter
0: absolutely well listen frankie we can't thank you enough for the time uh frankie fights augusto mendez this sunday at fight night phoenix and uh frankie we wish you the best of luck in the fight
3: yeah i appreciate it thanks for the time
0: all right gumby there you
1: have it frankie signs excited for the fight man uh and he'll be on the main card now too thanks to uh to caraway getting uh ill of some way uh, that allowed him to uh, bump himself up onto the main card so you can catch him on the Fox Sports 1 main card. All right,
0: so Gumby, uh, we're wrapping up our show here, but I want to do one last thing. When we debuted our show, and I thank you so much to our listeners for making the show what it is. We wouldn't have a show without listeners. Uh, but when we debuted this show exactly one year ago, we sat here like two nervous little schoolgirls not knowing what to do. It was a bumpy ride to begin with. Uh, But we sat here and we tried to predict what UFC champions in January would still be champions in December. And we got a shit ton wrong. Um, (laughs) But we both got JJ and Mighty Mouse right. Uh,
1: I'll take both of those two in 2017. So same
0: same thing's going here. Let's just go down. We'll do it quickly. Joanna, is she still champion in January? Still the champ. Now, I'm going to say yes, too. But is it worth noting that Carolina really did put it to her?
1: Yeah, but that's I mean. That's the best striker in the division not named Ioana, and all she did was put it to her for a round so. What
0: I like to do in these exercises is look at the potential challengers. Do you pick Ioana against Rose? Do you pick Ioana against Michelle Watterson? Yeah, you're right. Okay, so Ioana sticks. Now here's one. The bantamweight women's title has bounced around like a mother trucker Four champions in just about 16 months. Does Amanda Nunes hold on to this title?
1: I'm saying no. Wow. And the reason I'm saying no is named Valentina Shevchenko.
0: I like it. She beat her in that third round. She beat I, her in and that Amanda third gasped. round. If
1: that was a five-round fight, Shevchenko. Yep. Yeah, and, and I think the same thing again. If they fight in five rounds, I think Shevchenko wins it.
0: I would also like to see Alpha Cat get
1: another crack at Amanda yeah. Nunes. Has a win over her. And, and she's been vocal about how Nunes... Ha- has held the yeah. Rousey win. So there's already some bad blood there. And also she's not just trying to get a title fight. Cause she said, I'll do my work to get it. I don't mind doing my work to get it. Um, all right. So I will agree with you there. Uh, flyweight. This is a tough one. Do you think Demetrius Johnson? Just, is let's stupid. just move on. Yes. but Hold on. Uh, he had, dude, uh, who is he going to lose to? I don't know, but name anybody. Shit almost got they, real. They, did, uh, they In, did hire a couple of Russian flyweights recently. Maybe one of them. No, not a chance. All right, here's a good one.
0: Uh, so you're saying Demetrius Sticks? Yeah, obviously. Is Cody Garbrandt going to be the champion at the end of the year? That's a loaded division.
1: I'm going to say no, just because it's so loaded. It's so and, loaded. and I think he's Gil-ishaw, impressive. Cruz, Jimmy would Rivera. You, would, you, would you 100% put him ahead of Cruz in a rematch? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like I, to I see what Cruz could do chance. in a rematch. Yeah, yeah and, and would you 100% pick him against TJ right now? Uh, Yeah, I don't know.
0: I think TJ's never been better.
1: What What about him against Jimmy Rivera? I mean, shit, Jimmy was on the show just now. He's a bad man. I'll tell you
0: what. It, no, looking at that performance that Cody just had against Cruz, I can't wait to see Dwayne being Ludwig come up with a game plan for TJ.
1: I just can't wait to see Garbrandt fight again, period. All right,
0: so uh, you're saying no based on... The... Too many challengers.
1: Yes. It's just too deep. The depth of the division. Uh,
0: should we call Jose Aldo the featherweight champion? Yes, sure. Jose Aldo is the featherweight champion. Is he still featherweight champion at the end of the if year?
1: If you're going to say he's the featherweight champion, I'm going to say no because I'm going to say it's going to be Max Holloway. But I didn't say he'd be the champion. What? Oh, what? If if you say... Are you saying me or you in the metaphorical way? If you said metaphorically that Jose Aldo is the only featherweight champ... You would say no. I would say no because Max Holloway is going to be the undisputed champ by the end of the year. I agree
0: with you. Uh, Conor McGregor, lightweight. I'll kick this to myself. I'm going to say yes because I don't think he'll... I think we'll maybe get one defense out of him. I mean, by the time his girlfriend uh, pops out the kid, you know, maybe he fights in the summer and then maybe at best we get him again in December. So but oh, man, do I obviously I pick Habib against him. That's a tough one. I'm going to say yes, because I don't think he's going to have to defend
1: it a lot. What do you think? I'm going to say no. Uh, If he defends I Only against Nate Diaz, I will say yes. Right. Uh, but if he defends against one of the actual challenges of the division, I'm going to say no. So I'm going to say no. I think he does eventually fight one of those beasts. Tyron Woodley, welterweight champion and come December? It, not not welterweight champion come February. Or March. Oh,
0: so you're picking Wonderboy over I'm rematch. picking
1: Wonderboy over him, and then I'm taking Damian Maya over him.
0: You know, I'm semi tempted to pick Woodley because I think he could get by Wonderboy again. And I think, I, as much as I love Damian Maya, I think I would pick Woodley against Maya. What's Maya
1: going to do? Take Woodley down? Yeah. No. I, did you say he would take Condit down? Did you say he would take. Who, who'd he beat the hell out of before then? Uh, Roy McDonald down? I, I mean, have like, to think Woodley just...
0: has better takedown defense than Carlos Condit.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I think that that's true, but um, that much better? I don't know. All right. I don't know. Very he, interesting. He's a beast. Michael Bisping. Shit, listen, no. He, yeah, Shame, same no. Here. Someone's taking him down, whether it be
0: a <laughs> decrepit Anderson Anybody Silva. Anybody in the top ten? A juiced Joel <laughs> Romero, pretty boy Luke Rockhold, Chris Weidman on the comeback trail. Someone's getting that title. Yeah. Uh, light heavyweight Daniel Cormier, does he get by a returning John Jones or a rumble?
1: Uh, I'm going to say yes. And really? I'm going to say at the end of the year, Daniel Cormier. So, hold has his... on,
0: let me. I'm sorry to interrupt you. John Jones triumphant. I don't know if it's triumphant considering he hit a pregnant lady and then pop for stars. Uh, it, John Jones returns in July. You're picking Daniel Cormier over John Jones. So
1: here's why I'm saying John or uh, Daniel Cormier has it at the end of the year. I'm not sure that John Jones is back and ready to go right away as soon as the suspension is up. A. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Daniel Cormier gives him the fight right away. B, you know, what if Daniel Cormier has got a fight lined up in August for Rumble? He finishes it out. Might need three or four months off. I don't think you see Jon Jones fight for the title until January or February of next year. And even if he does, he's in a weird headspace. All
0: right, I'm going no. I think someone will pick Cormier off. I think Gus rocked him in the third round of his last title defense. I even think it wasn't a title defense, but I thought Anderson Silva got in some good uh, licks on him very late in their fight at UFC 200. I think a good striker can get to Cormier. I know that's big talk for someone who's never been knocked out, but I think Cormier has holes in his striking defense, and I think someone like a Rumble, if he could do it, very early in the first round, I think we could see Cormier fall.
1: you got to always talk about the the injury concern at AKA, too. (laughs) That's true. Will he ever fight? Uh,
0: (laughs) And last but not least, rounding out the show, Gumby, is Stipe Miocic, the baddest man on the planet, come December. And if you're saying yes, that might imply that he would break the record for title defenses because he has one. The record is two. So figure maybe he fights two times this year. What do you think?
1: I'm saying no. Uh, Uh, Bummer. It's it's kind of a bummer, but... To me, healthy Kane Velazquez beats him. To me, I mean, JDS is a scary one out there, too. He's already beaten him once. Shit, JDS loses to Stefan Struve. Stefan Struve's got the win over him, too. Uh, good, yeah. <laughs> I am gonna. I have faith in
0: O.H., uh, Stipe Miocic, the pride of O.H. I'll say yes. I just think it would be fun if he surprises everyone. Kane worries me the most. I think he could beat JDS in the rematch. That was a very close fight. Stipe's gotten better. JDS has gotten older. Uh, and then, you know, who else is really there? Like I'm Verdum.
1: A... We didn't mention Verdum. Yeah,
0: I still like him against Verdum in the rematch. Yeah, I do too. So, all right, we'll see. Very interesting. But if there's one thing for sure, there's a lot of hot potato action in the UFC these past few years with these titles, and things are only about to get more chaotic because they're going to introduce like 30,000 interim titles. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they, they might introduce a bunch more. Uh, it, you might get a. I I mean, there's an interim title in Invicta this weekend, too, so you can catch that.
0: <laughs> I have to imagine they're going to swallow the Invicta 145-pound division whole. If they really so. are going to have 145-pound division in the UFC. And
1: the, there are some damn good girls in that Invicta 45. Check them out this weekend if you're not doing anything on Saturday night.
0: Well, there's a plug for you. I am David Tremonti. He is Daniel Gumby Vreeland. This was Top Turtle MMA Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We love you.